Welcome to the Coolest Kids. My name is Terrence Wiggins, and with me is Brock Wilmer. He is my co-host. I am his co-host. If you're not, if this is your first episode, it's only the third episode, but this is your first one. We are a podcast that covers uh, pretty much all the music that you would find on Warp Tour in 2003. Um, <laughs> um, that's that's actually our, our our better summary of, of what this <laughs> is. I think trying to define the st- start and end points is, is futile. Yeah, um, and this week we're going to cover my favorite band, not my favorite album by them, but my favorite band. Um, we're doing brand new's Your Favorite Weapon. Yeah, I got to ask at the top, are we splitting this up? Because we should definitely do Deja as its own separate thing. Oh, yeah, thing, definitely. I yes, okay, cool. because I, all their albums are so different from each other. that. And I haven't, I, I, I've given so little time to the later albums that they did the tour like two years ago where they were doing two nights uh, in each place. And one night they were doing the first two albums and the second night they were doing the other two albums. Mm-hmm. But they didn't announce which night was which album. So I, I bought tickets for one of the nights. Uh, and the night before they did the show and it was uh, this and Deja. Mm-hmm. So I just didn't go to the other show. I was right. like, I really want to see brand new, but Daisy doesn't have anything for me. Cause I've never listened to it. <laughs> oh, Daisy is the hark. It is a dark <laughs> album. Um, <laughs> One of those dark roasts. Yeah. It's, it's uh, um, brand news. Like fan base kind of confuses me because yes, your favorite weapon and Deja are like not lighthearted, but they're not, uh, they're not the devil and God are raging inside me. They're not Daisy uh-huh. like at all. And so like whenever brand new tickets sell out, I'm just like, do you, do you think they're just going to play Deja and Tendu? Because that album's like 15 years old at this point. And, uh, uh, like, I don't know if you've heard, uh, <laughs> devil and God, which which was named after which was something one of I think I believe a friend said to Jesse Lacey about living with bipolar disorder or something like that. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Well, now I'm in. Yeah. I was, it's a <laughs> when I say these albums are dark, like Devil and God is heavy, and then <laughs> Daisy is just like, hey, what if we added like some more pounds on that? What if we put a couple sandbags on it and just <laughs> sank this whole thing to the bottom of the ocean? This week I went to see uh, Spoon open for Bell and Sebastian, and mm-hmm. uh, wife is a big Bell and Sebastian fan. I've never given that much time to them, and mm-hmm. I, throughout the concert, uh, I, she just kept pointing out to me things as as I was pointing back to her, like these are these are a, very happy songs with some of the darkest lyrics oh, I've yeah. ever heard. Yeah, and they uh, they did their song "Perfect Couples," which is about how sometimes perfect couples break up. Uh, and as it happened, I got a notification on my phone about Chris Pratt getting a divorce. <laughs> and I was like, come on, come on, universe. That's that's for no one but me. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's why in um, in uh, High Fidelity, Jack Black calls them sad bastard music. Yes. Um, uh... <laughs> they, they also throughout the show just keep, kept being like, uh, you, are, are you guys ready to start dancing? And <laughs> and the audience responded by not moving. Uh, it it, it took a long time yeah. to get that going. I was like, you know, you came out after Spoon, who now has, is doing this like LCD sound system level electronic stuff behind what they're doing. <laughs> the, you, you with your guitar and world music right. uh, are not doing the same thing for us right now. <laughs> oh, man. Um, 
so let's get into this brand new album. Right. I, I have listened to this album. I couldn't tell you how many times. Um, it is. I I hesitate to call it a pop punk album. It does have. It definitely does have pop punk elements to it. But um, some of the later instrumentation and in some of the songs doesn't kind of line up with the rest of uh, the pop punk ovoir of uh, of the era. Because this album came and, out in, what, 2002? And the vocal harmonies, which is, I think, what defines brand new so specifically in this era, it 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 isn't pop punk harmony, but there is something very specific about how they sort of octavate what they're doing. Then I was like, that, only brand new does it that way, and they do it the best. Right, yes. Um... It, it almost feels like they're doing a... It, they go so high, it feels like a, a male-female-fronted band at points. Right, <laughs> yeah, um... This album came out in uh, October 9th, 2001. Um, and the, the two singers, uh, Jesse Lacey and Vincey, Vincent Accardi, um, they definitely, like, they have a very good flow in their voices that a lot of bands of this era, or a lot, or even, like, their, their sort of contemporaries don't have the same kind of, um, I, I guess, like... Their voices, their voices are so different. Like you were saying, like no, like you can tell when it's two different people singing instead of exactly instead of just two guys. Like, which is a, which is a problem that I have with the I, I had it with Pell and Sebastian, mm-hmm. and I have it all the time with Blur. Mm-hmm. I don't know when the other guy in the band is singing the song, and I'm always shocked when I'm like, oh, that wasn't I'm, all my favorite songs were the other singer. Damn it! <laughs> I have been listening to Bell and Sebastian for. 15 years didn't know there was two singers <laughs> yeah but perfect uh, 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 perfect couples is is sung by the guitarist and I was just like there we are okay huh. how about that learn something new every day um, <laughs> and th- this album like it kicks it off like it uh the opening I guess salvo of uh that that drum roll um uh, like, like it's weird because the shower scene, the first song in the album, doesn't sound like the rest of the album. Um, like it's yes. very, it's very fast. Um, and it, there some... it, this, this is another one in our series of like, <laughs> why does it sound like an at the drive-in song <laughs> from the kickoff? Is this what everyone did in two thousand and one? Right. Um. And like it's it's sort of it sort of le- leans into like. It's almost like a downslope, and then it goes back up, and then it comes back down. It's very, it's very mountainous the way this album works, um, with the shower scene and and uh, and Jude Law and the Semester Broad are still kind of quick, uh, quick sounding songs. Then you get, then you start to go down like Sudden Death in Cal- uh, Carolina. Mixtape is a very slow song. Um, then you get to like Logan, the Government Center. And uh, then the no seatbelt song is just like it just drills into the ground because it is a <laughs> like when I talk about how dark um, brand new's later album gets, that's kind of a no seatbelt song. Uh, it <laughs> okay. has it sounds that's what the later stuff begins to sound like, except for like it's more full. It has it has m- more stuff to it. Um, and then you get to then you get to seventy times seven. Which just <laughs> rockets back up there, and uh, do you know the do you know like the the story behind that song? 
know what's the story behind that one. So, 70 times 7 um, is the... It's the other half of Taking Back... Basically, the other half of Taking Back Sunday's... Um, uh, what is that song called? It's the fourth track off of Tell All Your Friends. It is uh, the other half of There's No I in Team. Okay. Um, so... What was the story behind that? I I believe Jesse Lacey and John Nolan, like Jesse Lacey used to be in Taking Back Sunday, like when they first started. Right. Um, Jesse Lacey and John Nolan. Oh, it's actually right here. Seventy Times Seven was written about a fuel a feud between Lacey and Taking Back Sunday guitarist John Nolan. Nolan wrote <laughs> about the feud from his point of view in Taking Back Sunday. There's no I in team. The name is of uh, the song is a reference to a biblical passage, especially Matthew eighteen twenty two. Um, and it's it's I want to say. I want to say it was about. Uh, I could probably just look this up because it's the internet. Um, <laughs> uh, it's it's about somebody cheating on somebody else. I I did know that that played into the part of this anger. Um, let's see, song facts. Uh, Songfacts.com. The uh, the it was written about a falling out between best friends. Uh, Lacey's girlfriend at the time cheated on him with Nolan. John called Jesse, and the last words that Jesse spoke to him were, you're a solid brick to the small web X, so let's end this call and end this conversation, which is in the song. Um, <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, like, if you listen to the songs back-to-back, it's very much like this call and response. It's real weird because these songs came out in 2001, 2002. Um... And I don't know if you remember this. There was this Flash game called Emo Game. I do. I do um, remember it. I remember using uh, the one-armed scissor superpower. <laughs> um, Look, I'm just at the drive-in. Everything I bring to the table is that. Uh, oh, and the, the Fevers and Mirrors was a super overloaded power for Connor Oberst. Oh, man. Um, lo- there were several sequels, right? Oh, my yes, God. Yes, there, play that there was. On, right? I remember waiting for these games to come out. Um, <laughs> Do you remember is, when we uh, had release dates for Flash games on uh, Newgrounds? Uh, uh, um, <laughs> yeah, there was there was a scene in the first email game uh, that was um, that was uh, the John the John Nolan Jesse Lacey sort of uh, go between, um, and I remember waiting for the second one to come out. Apparently, it came out. Might have to check it out one day. We might have to do a whole episode on this um, that sounds amazing <laughs> i kind of just want to talk about emo game now i wonder who like who made this game like the website's still up go go away from it we're coming back to it that's our next episode <laughs> leave it behind let's do this let's uh, yeah. do this so you can eat supper <laughs> <laughs> um so did you when did you like find this album uh i found deja first and then i went back to this which i was like great and then i listened to, uh, i i i I definitely found this like the same week that Deja came out. Cause I was like more, give me more of this. <laughs> uh, Cause Oh three is when like I uh, stumbled into, I, I went to see the blood brothers mm-hmm. uh, and they were opening for cursive on the ugly organ tour. And it was the week that I'd moved to Chicago. So it was at a really small, cool venue. And I was like this cursive thing. That's, that's my thing now. That's right. actually give me the cello band. Right. Uh, 
which uh, I, like there's a lot of this album that lines up with Art is Hard so directly. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, Deja as well. But like the song Failure by Design on here being that apology to their engineer producer for how hard it is to work with them uh, on making this album is one of those things like, that I always just use to apologize to people. Yeah, with. like Failure by Design is like I think about that song a lot. Like I, so do I. It's the one that stays with me. <laughs> doing like just doing work, like being being an artist, like like you said, like Failure by Design, like just trying to get stuff done. Uh, like when maybe you're better than this. <laughs> When he says, uh, we just want sleep, but this night is hell. And like, I've, I've, I've done projects where you're just awake for, like, I was on a music video shoot that went until like five o'clock in the morning. It's always a music video shoot. It always goes too late. It was, it was like at five o'clock in the morning in the middle of the forest. And it's like (laughs) 19 degrees outside. And then my part gets cut out of the, uh, out of the video. (laughs) (sighs) My, my my favorite one of those was one that we were in. Uh, we'd rented out a warehouse to shoot a music video for my band mm-hmm. on the south side of Chicago. And a bunch of uh, my friends were dressed up like uh, zombies, but also just smoking outside of the uh, outside of the warehouse, which we'd been, been advised not to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as night begins to fall, uh, gang members begin to drive through the neighborhood checking on stuff. And just to see... A group of 20 white people dressed up like zombies smoking and like nodding and waving and being really polite. I was just like, <laughs> they, we were we were told do not go outside at night, but these kids got to smoke. And sometimes your privilege trumps your warnings uh, and, and everything went fine. But you just got to see a lot of really confused reactions of like, I don't think they're on our turf. But I also we're going to come back. We're going to check and see what's happening here. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, that was the last. That was the last music video I did. Like I, <laughs> I like after. I remember waiting. I was just like, cool. I was like, my face is like, like there. I had a. I had my own little scene that was like three seconds long, uh-huh. and uh, like there was a scene where like people are dancing around, and I'm in that. None of my part made it in there. Like, and we were there for like sixteen hours or something like that. And I was like, man, I was like, I didn't get paid for it. I, I was just like, yes, I like. They asked me if I wanted to be in the video. I was like, I'd love to be in the video. Um, <laughs> and then, like, it wasn't the band's fault. Like the, uh, like the whole editing behind it apparently was just like a nightmare. Um, like the whole team that was like editing and editing it, editing it, was just like this whole nightmare. So I don't blame them, but yeah, it was not a good time. Uh, and it was like it was, it was like a forty-five minutes away from where I live, and like uh, driving back oh, good. home. So there's even a drive. Yeah, with so a like, sad drive home. <laughs> driving back home, like, uh, oh my gosh, uh, we had to like put on makeup, and like by the time I got home, I was just like, I don't even want to take this makeup off. I just want to take this, take this. Like I'm wearing like old-fashioned like 1950s clothes and. <laughs> I, I, I like hearing the sadness as you drop out it's like it, it, just thinking about him just deflates me um my, my my most deflating one was i was background on a tim and eric thing mm-hmm. and it was obvious that like I, the group of kids was supposed to be like a group of uh like uh abercrombie and fitch type dudes in the 90s so like puka shells and open shirts and stuff mm-hmm 
I'm a six seven heavy set dude, but mm-hmm. I was also like Eric Wareheim's my hero because he's a six nine heavy set dude, and he allows all the like I was excited to work with him and to talk to him afterwards. I was going to interview him about what it's like to be a tall guy who can't work extra stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was doing extra stuff. And about three in the morning, they finally cut me because they're like, we just can't have you in any of these shots. It just doesn't make any sense. Uh-huh. And I, was, I, I sent like the saddest email I've ever sent to their casting person and to <laughs> Eric the next day. Like, I'm hurt. <laughs> like, please have me back sometime. But yeah. also, like, I expected more from another tall man. Right. Yeah. But I that that too had like the forty five minute drive home where it was like four in the morning and I was like, and you're what just, am I doing? You're just dead. What were my choices? Like, yeah, <laughs> like you don't you don't want to like you're just like I I know my house is close, but what if I just rented a hotel room? <laughs> I've I've started doing that more lately, especially like post concerts and stuff. If it's a long way away, like I'll me and the wife will just grab an Airbnb or something, especially if there's going to be some drinking. I'm just like, you know what? Let's just not uh, let's not try it. Yeah, <laughs> just go to sleep here. Sleep at the venue. Yeah. <laughs> sleep sleep at the venue uh, all ages all times <laughs> uh that's what like even there's a there's a venue downtown um i haven't been to in quite some time it's been like three or four years um just because all the shows they show uh suck um but uh even even when a show would let out at like 11 o'clock 12 o'clock i'm just like i don't want to go home i just want to i've been here for eight hours <laughs> because shows start butt ass early now or like you have to get there for a show and then you have to wait in line to, like even if you have tickets because it's a door that's the size of a house like it's just like a regular house door pretty much to try to get in um but yeah like I, i'm done like i can't go to shows the same way i used to anymore <laughs> like i'm just like uh-huh. uh anyway this uh this album um what what really attracted me to this album um look i'm looking at the i'm looking at the song last chance to lose your keys uh and uh it's about it's about uh, talking to a girl and her like seemingly being into you but like when you try like be like hey we should hang out and she's like yeah and then she doesn't like she doesn't call you back or something like that that's happened to me multiple times um, uh-huh. like, uh, what is, what is the line, uh, where he says, I'm better off home on a Saturday night. Like I went out with a girl a few years ago. Uh, I met her at a, at a friend's, uh, friend had a, uh, like a birthday get together. And, and, uh, this girl, she, she seemed like, I was, I was like, oh, she seems cool. Maybe she, like, and then she was like, she's like, yeah, we should hang out. I saw her again, like months later at a show uh-huh and like got her number and everything walked her to her car like i was like we should we should go out and do something like next week she was like yeah and so uh as i'm leaving my house um she's like yeah let me just finish talking to my boyfriend i'm just like it's <laughs> um, i like the slow upward roll on that one <laughs> um so it was it was always like uh this sort of thing like Brandy's lyrics always more resonated with me because it wasn't um it wasn't like the the other pop, more popular pop punk where it was just like my girlfriend broke up with me it was right. always it always felt like man everything kind of sucks right now like literally everything uh and it wasn't always about it wasn't always about girls like that's why I feel like um right. like, like newfound glory or uh, or Blink One Eighty Two. It always felt like it was about 
girls except for stuff like Adam song but um <laughs> like fa- failure by design a mixtape like this is clearly like failure we're saying failure by design is is about like making shit and right. uh and uh mixtape is definitely about like kind of having shitty friends and like not talking to those friends anymore um I mean Jude Law in the semester abroad yeah that's what we have to talk about <laughs> This um, one's complicated. <laughs> uh Law and Semester Abroad is the closest you're going to get to a Saves the Day song out of brand new. Um, this represents everything that I think might have fucked me up uh, in regards to relationships be- from this music. Because it's, it's revenge but also pity me, but also still love. Mm-hmm. And there's something so awful about what that does to somebody. Mm-hmm. And... Like a, 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 I'm, I'm, I hope, I hope you catch a contagious disease and die. But also, like, look at what you've done to me. But also, like, you know, you could, I'm still here and still in love with you. And, right. And it's how do you send all three of those mixed messages to a person, and you start to believe that maybe that's what love looks like, and that's a fucking awful thing. Right. Um, and it, around the time that I was listening to this, like, middle school onward, I got. I, I, I'm, I've been spending time looking at my history of like relationships and how I thought they were supposed to work a lot lately. Mm-hmm. And there's, there was a thing that I was raised with by being raised Christian where one of the central tenets of it and something that like everyone in my community and family and sort of school and stuff also supported was this central tenet of the idea that anyone you love loves you in return and that that's sort of a binding contract. Right. And so there were people that, like, in middle school, I was like, I love you. And they're like, I'm, I'm not interested. And I would get awful to them. I would, I would, I, I would, that's when I went down my first sort of, like, I'm going to kill myself holes. Right. But also, like, I'm going to stop anyone else from trying to date you. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you're just going to come around, like, I've written, here's a bunch of songs I wrote for you. But it was just like, no, you, the idea of no didn't exist because what god has said is that anyone you love has to love you back right and 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 to break that idea when it's all you've been raised with i was like there are there are people from high school that i've since apologized to that i'm just like i didn't get it and i'm so sorry and like look at it now like it is the definition of toxic masculinity right but it came from such such a religious place and something that even my parents were like well your father loved me and i loved him and that's how we got like it that's not how things work right (laughs) Yeah, and this um, song feels like a return to that time where the music you listened to, I listened to, was like it, and also sort of that performative aspect of pain. Like, I just need everyone to see how much this person is hurting me by not being with me, and that will somehow endear them to me. Right. It's insane. Right. Um, I grew up in a uh, predominantly white church. I was like the only black guy in my um, in my group of friends. Uh, so I definitely saw this kind of uh, uh, attitude coming out of them. Like I, like there was definitely times I got jealous, but I I went the opposite route of not feeling like if if I was rejected, I was just like like it wasn't it wasn't um, what's the word I'm trying to use? It wasn't like it was it was my fault, and it was an indictment of me as a person, as a person list. Like, yes, oh, I'm, an, I'm an awful person and no one should date me. As I'm looking at Sonic the Hedgehog, as I say this, um, <laughs> well, I, and, and, and mine was also like compounded by like, um, 
I would go to uh, Promise Keepers events. My, my father would take me. He, did, were you one of them too? <laughs> uh, yes, I've been uh, two, one, one or two. And and there was uh, there was a, a very specific point that I think happened to me, like in early high school, like maybe my freshman year, where we'd gone to a couple. And there, were, the, if you don't know, Promise Keepers was this giant christian men's only event mm-hmm. uh which i think is still going but there was uh, i remember when women started protesting that that you know you can't have a men's only event uh and they would take place in football stadiums which they would fill which is mm-hmm. if you're gonna do masculinity yeah it's gonna mm-hmm. be in a football stadium and uh it would be two full days of a hundred thousand dudes uh, having all these speakers like a ted talk for Christianity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the thing that I always remember uh, being a big part of this was that uh, like Sunday mornings, there was a breakout thing where they invited all the kids and teenagers to go to like a nearby stadium, like next door or something. And that's where they would have sort of youth breakout. And during that time, the adults would talk about like marriage and relationship stuff. Mm-hmm. And my big switch over came when like freshman year, my dad said, you don't have to go to the teen one. You can stay and listen to us talk about Christian sex uh, and, and, and marriage and relationships and stuff. And I still, I can, I, can, I can picture all four hours of what I sat through there. And it was all about, uh, you know, it, it sounded so reasonable and loving, but it was all about like female subservience to a man. And mm-hmm. like, this is, this is, it's a partner but really she serves you and you, and you serve her too in these ways, but really, and, and uh, I, I really put that into a box inside of my brain until I was watching uh, the uh, Handmaid's Tale this year. I was just like, oh God, these are word for word, the things that I was raised <laughs> right. on. These are, uh, that box opened up and just, and it's not like the box o- just opened up. It was just like the box fell over and just scattered <laughs> everywhere. The box exploded. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, and I was just like, oh, the, this rhetoric has always been here, and you, you, Christ, uh, no pun, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it is, it is a thing that is coming up the more that I listen to the emo from this period that we're revisiting, that like revisiting how I thought relationships were supposed to operate mm-hmm. from, from both, like, it's weird that emo music fed into a Christian persecution complex that mm-hmm. I was developing alongside of that. And the, the idea that everyone has to like you. And if they don't, you have to hurt them. Uh, was right. It's well, I mean, it's like <laughs> most kids that like, uh, that went on to start bands and said like that, they were like a lot of them were just like, Oh, well, I went to Catholic school or right. I grew up in a church and went to youth group. Like, like that's like the music comes from like disaffected Christian teens. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's very like Jude Law and semester abroad is very much, uh, just like 18 to 21 year old or 16 to 21 year old. Uh, just like, like this sucks. Like (laughs) this time in my life sucks. Like, and it's very understandable. Um, and it makes me hate this song, but this song is most lyrically and and musically similar to "Okay, I Believe You," but my Tommy Gun don't, mm-hmm. and that's a song that I can't sing without crying mm-hmm. uh, to this day. And but like, there's a sense in that one of like this this egotism of cool, 
And this one is such this, like, I've been defeated and I hope you brag about how worthless I was. And, like, the, Jude Law seems like, I, I wish I could go back and tell myself, like, oh, liking this song is what's going to make you get called a cuck. This is this is the cuck song. That's, <laughs> this is a song for beta males who aren't beta males but think that they're beta males, right? Because that's a thing that you'll you'll want to aspire to because there's an idea that it's attractive. And I'm like, what is there's 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 so much here that I hate right now, right? Um, and I think like, <clears throat> but you're talking about hating the song, like like every like. I understand where you're coming from. I don't hate the song. Uh, I understand. I, I, I understand. I, I know, I'm not asking you yeah. to either. <laughs> I know. I know what you're saying, and it's and like I don't hate it because I like I I like I said I went sort of like the opposite direction of you. Like I knew I knew those guys. Like uh-huh. like that that when a girl broke up with them, it was like, or a girl didn't go out with them, it was like the end. And like just like oh, she can't, she can't uh, go with this other dude. She can't believe it. Uh, uh. Um, that's that's what every guy sounds like to me. Um, <laughs> that is that is what a teenage me sounded like. <laughs> Weirdly, a lower voice then. <laughs> and 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 in and in mine, like I didn't have to do that because even though I started dating other people. Like there was one girl in particular that I prevented people from dating mm-hmm. in like my sophomore year of high school, so I didn't have to be jealous of another dude. I just still was like I publicly hurt and angry about her rejection of me, and that that, that was the one that was like the first to ever get an apology from me. Like, yo, there's a there's a couple years of life, informative years that I robbed you of, and I am so sorry. Uh, and it was, it, I thought I was doing the nice thing and mm-hmm. uh, to, to miss it completely. So I, 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 <laughs> the, I, I hate Jude Law because it reminds me of a person that I once was a long right. time ago. Yeah. And it's, it's difficult to listen to because I'm like, I remember when you, it, because it ties, it ties those feelings of persecution to love, but also of like wanting a, an actual like murder revenge on somebody. Right. It's so it's so twisted. <laughs> yeah, um, and I feel like um, when you get to the next song, "Sudden Death in Carolina," it's all, like it's it's also about um, dealing with a sort of weird relationship, but um, it very much reminds me of this girl that I had something with at one point. Um, uh-huh. She was younger than me, and. Uh, the the chorus starts off what difference does this difference in age make make i know how it ends so she'll kill me quick and like uh-huh. that makes so much like th- there was this girl and like she my dog's behind me making noise um uh she please let the chief speak <laughs> he's he, giving me an assignment he really wants to get out of my room but he needs to wait until i'm done recording Folks, just... if you're not following Terrence on the Twitter and seeing pictures of the Chief, it's my only favorite thing on the <laughs> internet right now. I like it more than I like this show. He's just he's just pouting at me right now. Just like, why why are you doing this to me? He doesn't understand that I can't. My headphones aren't long enough to reach all the way to the door. Um. Anyway, this girl that uh that she was kind of flirting back and forth with a friend of mine, and they didn't work out, and so I spent the next three years of my life uh having this on again off again sort of nightmare um 
with this girl uh, that was younger than me and like talking about killing me quick. Like it was it was a mess that I'd never want to deal with again. Like. Uh, 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 uh. Like it's, yeah, this, this it's, is it's the same thing where you're talking about the same thing you're talking about Judon. It reminds me of somebody that you were, but you're not anymore. And like, I, I haven't talked to her in years, like just because it was like it was it was at a time where I didn't know what like mental stuff I was going through. Like, I didn't understand it. Uh-huh. And like, it just it's sort of just like made it worse to be around her um so it was a it was a whole we had the last time i that we really talked we got in an argument um over text message i was at a friend's house watching um juno i had never seen (laughs) juno um, of, course, which, of course you hadn't which says how long ago the story happened uh, <laughs> we got an argument and she was like she was like you don't ever tell me how you feel and I just stopped responding to her because <laughs> like she had literally told me that she didn't want a boyfriend and I was just like you can't have this sort of conversation about <laughs> like I don't have to tell you how I feel because we're not dating like I don't I don't owe you any part of me right so, and then she ended up dating the friend whose house, and it's a whole thing. Um, <laughs> so I didn't talk to her for like two years. Um, uh, so that was fun. Um, and that's just like what this song reminds me of. Um, yeah. And then like, it, like, I really, I still really like this album, like lyrically, um, uh, musically, like instrumentation wise, um, like, just going down like mixtape like um it talks like mixtape is relatable to literally anyone because it's about losing touch with friends who think they're too cool for you now um which is still a thing that you kind of have to deal with when you're getting your late 20s and 30s right um which is weird because it's just like who who cares about being cool like yeah yeah what is the what's the point in being cool what is what is the point? <laughs> the, the, that's that's one of the things I've always kind of liked about uh, emo, is that it's sort of an acknowledgement that you're not cool. Um, like there's like a, right. a, a like you can go too deep in the self deprecation pool with this kind of music, but there's also uh, just like surface level, just like we're not cool. Like we understand. Like we were we're nerds. Um, <laughs> You know, you know what? They do, revisiting this makes me think about. It makes me think mm-hmm. about when I first got on uh, Twitter, and uh, was like 2011, 2012, and was doing mm-hmm. like that self-deprecation thing mm-hmm. that was where this all started. And a friend of mine who was my editor on something one day was just like, "This is fucking boring <laughs> to everyone, and you're better than this." And I was like, "What do you mean?" And he was like, "You're a comedian." Uh, and you talk about like this pain or like what you're working on and like how shitty you are and stuff. And he was like, can you imagine how unfunny Zach Galifianakis would be if he was sharing his process with us all the time? And I was like, Oh shit. Okay. And I was just like, at first I was like real mad at him. And then like, right. Zach Galifianakis was the funniest person in 2011. And I heard that and I was like, 
that and I, I think about a lot of the emo music that we're re-listening to sometimes through that lens of like I know one way to be interesting right. is to just be sad all the time uh, and I think it's David Lynch that had a as a big thing in his one of his books where he was like I I just always meet people mm-hmm. like I think it was him meeting Robert Smith at some point where he was like everyone that makes it their personality to be sad does it as this affectation right. to be interesting, but wouldn't the smarter person be happy? And I was like, that that's also really good too. And so when we find these things, like it's one of the things that I like so much about mm-hmm. revisiting that used album, when we talked about the lyrics there, it's like there, there it, it's, it's so far away from the Papa Roach thing of actively saying like, I hate myself and want to die. It's more interesting to right. do something complicated, but to do it in a fun way. Like it takes it takes more to do that, and I think Brand right. New does that um, very well. Which goes back to time. like uh, <laughs> what I was saying about like the newfound glories of the Blink One Eighty Twos, like Sum Forty Ones. Of just like uh, like Sum Forty Ones, uh, Fat Lip, um, which talks about like being a loser and stuff like that. But it's uh-huh. in, it's like in this really like sort of snotty way where it's just like, yeah, I'm not cool. Yeah, I don't care. I'm a punk. Yeah. Um, which I just totally stole that from Amy Poehler doing Avril Lavigne, uh, um, <laughs> which uh, which I never got into. Um, like just like there's like it, right yeah um, the sum forty ones of things of just like the David Lynch thing of just like you're not interesting because you're you're not cool or because you're sad or because you're angry like. Um, like emo music is an acknowledgement of your uncoolness, but also it's just like, I'm fine with, I'm fine with me. Like, this is my sadness. This is my anger. This is this sort of stuff, but I'm not going to present it. Like, like this is just coming for me. I'm not going to present it as just like, look how, look how I look how sad I am. Like it's, do you understand what I'm saying? Am I making any sense? Okay. Um, like yes, it's, you are. It's pushing forward. Like this is just me. This isn't like I'm putting on a mask mask to show you how sad I am. It doesn't sound like uh, like a Damien Rice song. Um, and then we right. we get to the end of the album, uh, magazines, which I really like uh, as a as a sort of just like lamenting of just like, man, I really like this girl. I hope she goes out with me. Um, which. Which is currently my uh, my my Tinder, um, <laughs> like you can set your own anthem on Tinder, just like yeah, pretty much. Uh, like it connects like to Spotify, and it's just like, hey, what song do you think is about you? And uh, and mine is magazines by Brand New. Uh, uh it's <laughs> Tinder's a nightmare. Is that a wise choice, um, Terrence? Because it's like I've had I've had multiple <laughs> friends tell me that in my area tinder is worse than anywhere else like i've had friends text me like at 10 o'clock at night just like yeah i live in new york now uh tinder in uh virginia is terrible i've had friends who moved like an hour away and just like hey yeah this is awful it's bad yeah um like i was just like it can't be this bad like like it's 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 whenever you check tinder like you've been dating for a thousand years uh or you've been married and you like you've been in a relationship for 1000 years now um <laughs> so you don't, have to, you don't really have to deal with this anymore but like every time i check tinder it's just like the same and like you've heard this from other people but it's just like the same pictures it's just like 
it doesn't matter if they're a guy or girl. I'm not bisexual. I only look at girls. But like they like I've had friends tell me like like we've sort of shared stories of just like everyone has everyone has a picture of them with guns. Everyone has a picture of them with holding a fish. Everyone has a picture of them holding a pet. Everyone has a picture of them petting some exotic animal. There's uh, there's always a picture of them dressed up. So it's just like it's it's like you're showing headshots. You're not showing yourself. And everyone's just like, I like to go. I like to go hiking and I like to go rock climbing. I like to go. I like to go camping. And I'm just like, is this your this your opening line for when you're talking to somebody of like this is the stuff you like to do? It's like, right. I would I would love to go hiking or just going out in the woods. I love going out in the woods and walking around. But that is not my go to of right like that's that's not what i personality what definition. i tell people like that's not what hey if we're gonna hang out hiking or going in the woods with a stranger is not the thing that's gonna be my go-to like oh hey girl i just met at a party you want to go into the woods with me for hours at a time there's no uh there's no cell phone signal so if anything happens <laughs> What what one of my one of my only blind dates in Los Angeles was with a girl and uh, took her to a uh, comedy show called Surprise and the point of Surprise is that once a month it's in a new location and there's no lineup announced mm-hmm. it's at some weird place or somebody's house or something uh, and so we got to this one and we had to park uh, in a dark area at the base of like a national park at night and then there was just a bunch of steps up into the darkness. And then it wound up being behind the boathouse at somebody's house. And I was like, this is literally the song Possum Kingdom. And I've walked you into it. And if you want to go, that's okay. I didn't mean to Possum Kingdom you. Uh, yeah, It's a verb um, now, and I've done it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I just, I hate it. I hate dating. I haven't been on a date in I don't know how many years just because, like, <laughs> it's a nightmare. And I have terrible anxiety. And... If it, like I just I'm just waiting for someone. It sounds crazy. I'm just waiting for someone. You're just like yes, we'll go out. You can date. Uh, that's fine. We. <laughs> but you spend so many time with these there, with these beautiful fake the profiles. Of, like actual fake profiles that show up, where it's just like it's just like this slim, obviously like white girl, like obviously obviously her like a model. Like you could you can reverse Google search these kind of pictures. I'm just like it's just like uh, I saw one. Uh, it's on my Twitter somewhere, but it's like uh, like I had sorry about the tattoos. Also, I've got scars and I'm in a wheelchair, and it was just like this stick thin model, just like no tattoos, like straight blonde hair. No tattoos. Like, is this an attempt at a catfish, or am I like losing all of my mind right now? Like. I'm making. I'm basically making like Kramer hand gestures right now. Just like ah, ah, ah. Uh, you can't see it, but if you like, you can imagine just me just like, sort of like shaking my hands in the air, like a. I really wish you'd gone with a black Kramer as your uh, your uh, online identity. I, I can stand my hair up straight. Um, so we get to the last song, uh, which is where we get our name from. Um, like I've said, brand new is my. Uh, Brand new is my favorite band. Um, and like uh, what I was talking about earlier of just like, uh, just like this acknowledgement of just kind of 
being like sort of losers where it says uh where he says we're the coolest kids like the song is just about sort of like hanging out with your friends like hanging out with your girlfriend just like sort of just being in the moment um and it, the like the the chorus says uh-huh. i'm gonna stay 18 forever which definitely is just like sort of like your waning teen years of just like man i don't want this to be over with but also i wanted this to be over with um like it, it definitely reminds me of um <laughs> my friend alicia she moved to north carolina a few years ago and like uh before she before she left we just hung out for that night and uh like we just like drove around like we went to her old high school we told stories about uh just like this stupid town um just like this stupid town yeah that's that's it that's all i want to say about it the the uh that's all i want to say i, I really like the <laughs> song fair. um it's very like it's 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 just your end of your it's the end of your your like right before you become an adult that's what it feels like that's what this whole album sort of feels like it feels like <laughs> it feels like high school graduation your first year of college like like yes yeah, it's uh and that's when i found it for me like so yeah it makes perfect then, sense like it's sort of like the rest of their We'll go into it. We'll go into it later when we actually talk about the other albums. But it, the rest of their albums sort of feel like, like that. That's this is why they're my favorite band because I I can relate to like the sort of trajectory of their albums and their like lyricism and instrumentality, which isn't the word I shouldn't. That's not the right word. That's the thing from uh, Evangelion. Um, uh, like it, 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 it culminates. Like it, I feel like there's there's two points, and they're all and it's going up to meet in the center, and that's me listening to brand new and like brand new lyrics. I can't think of words anymore. Um, sort of colliding with my life. So would you would you would you tell people to go back and listen to this album? I'm I, I'm actively getting the vinyl right now because I was just like, oh, I'd forgotten that this was good, except for these parts of it that I hate, and maybe that's uh, worth yeah, revisiting. I would definitely recommend this album um, to go back and listen to it if you if you want to relive your sort of late teen years. Um, as always, you can find me on Twitter. I'm Terrence Wiggins at the Black Nerd, and you can find Brock at Brock Wilbur. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel this like this was a bleak one. <laughs> that's how emo albums go. Uh, <laughs> it's like our oh last, no! Our last episode. Why did we lock ourselves into this? this? What are we gonna do? Maybe. We... <laughs> yeah, we'll do. Let's, let's we'll do, do emo. Let's games, do emo uh, games next time. Which we have to go back and play. <laughs> Hopefully, they're still working, so we can actually do it. Uh, the website's still up, and it still looks exactly they the have same, to be. <laughs> except for it's only like right in the middle of your like i have two 27 inch monitors and it's just like the the whole with uh the resolution of the website is like right in the middle of my page because it's a uh it's a website from 2004 um but yeah uh thanks everyone for listening as always we are the coolest kids and we take what we can get
It's all been said